Welcome to Paddling the Blue. With each episode, we talk with guests from the Great Lakes and around the globe who are doing cool things related to sea kayaking. I'm your host, my name is John Chase, and let's get started Paddling the Blue. All right, today's episode comes to you from the show floor at an event that is billed as the world's largest paddle sports expo called Canucopia. And we're recording from the Level 6 booth, and we've got an audience here um, watching the recording, so thank you, uh, and, and for showing gear at the same time. So welcome to our audience, and today's show is going to be a little different than most. This one's going to feature five different guests from the show to give you a little taste of what you might find at Canucopia. Now, in the last episode... I said that Goodney Paul Victorson would be joining us. Don't worry, Goodney Paul is going to join us in the next episode, and he'll be uh, sharing his circumnavigation of Iceland. Our first guest today is Darren Bush. Darren is the owner of Rutabaga Paddle Sports and an all-around good ambassador for the sport. And Darren and his amazing team have put on this combined family reunion and trade show they call Canoe Copia. So, Darren, welcome to Paddling the Blue, and congratulations on putting together Canoe Copia 2022. Thank you so much for having me here. I'm uh, just I'm tickled pink to be sitting in this chair with people and faces in front of me. <laughs> yes, this is, these are your people. It's good to, be together, good to be back together again after three years. Indeed. So tell our listeners a little bit about Canucopia. Canucopia is, um, if, if a voyager came back in time 400 years and came here, he'd go, oh, it's a rendezvous. Um, so rendezvous, yeah, they had you know, commerce going on, right? Because they'd come in with their bundles of furs and they'd sell and trade and drink and carouse and play games and have fun and and then they go back out again so uh while Cunicopia does have a an element of commerce to it it really is kind of like a rendezvous and these these are my people here this is like a big family reunion so we bring people from all over the world um, mostly from the upper midwest but uh, we have educational programs that go on which is one of the things that i'm very passionate about is educating people and uh, just kind of love them up and provide an opportunity for them to purchase the stuff that's going to get them outside and get them in a get them in a happy place. All right. So from an educational standpoint, what kind of thing can people expect? Well, we kind of have three tracks. So we have the inspirational, like I went there and it was cool, and here's slides of me circumnavigating Ireland or paddling the length of the Missouri River or any anything like that. So there's that, and then there's the instructional which is uh, how to do. And there's everything from paddling to packing to cooking. And one of my favorite events is the Aluminum Chef, which uh, we got the idea from Iron Chef, where we have three, three cooks that, uh, three chefs actually, that, that cook off, but they have to use uh, MSR camping stoves and camping gear, so they can't use their, their $10,000 wolf ovens. They have to <laughs> use what we all use. And it's just fun. And yeah, it's fun, but it's also entertaining and uh, instructional. So you can learn, hey, that's kind of a cool recipe. So there's that. And then, so the first inspirational, instructional, and the last one is, uh, I forgot because <laughs> I'm tired. <laughs> I'll come up with it in a minute. Sorry. All right. So you, uh, you actually empty out your shop and bring it all here. Is that right? Uh, we empty out our shop in one of our warehouses. Okay. Um, yeah, it's, it's a lot, but I have... Right now, I don't know how many full-time staff I have. We just hired a bunch of folks, but all wonderful, wonderful people. Uh, we have about, about 90 people working the show this year. We, have, we call them the Canucopia regulars, where they, they come every year and help us for three days. And uh, it's, uh, it's, I can't, I can't, I have no, no words to express the emotions I feel for the gratitude for those people. 
because yeah, we couldn't do it without them. It's definitely a good crew. So what's the show floor like? Uh, 100,000 square feet of lots of stuff. So we've got canoes, we have kayaks, we have paddles, life jackets, gear, car rack stuff, because you have to carry your boat on your car. So uh, we carry Yakima and Thule and a bunch of other folks. But in anything you need to do, if you want to go paddling, you can come in here uh, with a credit card, talk to a bunch of folks, get the stuff you need, go down to the speaker rooms and get an instruction on how to pack your boat, and then go around the corner to another speaker and learn how to, how to paddle whatever river and then go down to our outdoor adventures booth and learn how to take a class so it really is uh we're really passionate about the sport that's why we do what we do absolutely now how many years has canucopia been running so it's kind of weird uh it started as an event like in front of the old shop with like four people would bring trailers full of boats and they would just sell boats in front of the shop then um, moved into the Dane County Forum, which was this derelict building. And I have some pictures. I should put them up on the website because it's really tragic. <laughs> the changing room was like four pieces of drape hanging from a pipe. <laughs> no, I'm not changing in there. Um, and then the Dane County uh, built the Alliance Energy Center. And we took 50,000 feet of the hall. And the next year we took 70,000. next year we took the whole thing. And so... 100,000 square feet. Uh, I, I, I took it over. I was working part-time at Rutabaga from 90 to 94. And then I came on full-time and took over the show because it became too complex for... The former owner was an entrepreneur, but not super strategic or tactical. <laughs> so uh, it just started growing. And we added speakers and we added uh, more vendors. We invited people from outside the traditional retail shop. So there are people here that sell stuff direct that competes against us, but they're really nice, so that's okay. <laughs> and so it's all about the community, it really is. Tell us, what's your favorite part of the show? Um, yesterday, I had 20 people come up and hug me and high-five me and say, thanks for doing this. Uh, it's so good to be back together again. I'm, I mean, I, I'm all about the people and uh, just to hear how happy people are, are here to be back in front of people and to be back in front of uh, and see gear and touch gear and put gear on and talk to the people who make it. Um, there's just a lot of, lot of happy people here. And, and I, I mean, what, what more could you want from life than to make people happy? So this is pretty, a pretty unique show, um, not only in the U.S., but elsewhere, I'm guessing. Yeah, I had a guy from England call me. He said, "Can I, I want to do a show. Can I call it Kinecopia? I'm like, no, <laughs> because there's only one Kinecopia. Uh, I've heard, you should take this on the road. We could do one in Atlanta. We could do one in California. I'm like, um, no. Uh, number one, I don't want to work that hard. Uh, I really like my life like it is, and I don't want to be flying all over the country putting on shows. We start planning this one the week after this one's over. Well, I mean, next year's... We've, we've all got our notepads. We're taking notes on how to make things better. And we're a little rusty this year because it's been three years since we put one on. But it's, it's been really good. Uh, the virtual one we did last year was obviously not a substitute for face-to-face. -face, but I had a call from a gentleman in, in Arkansas who used to live up here. And he, he'd drive up. But he said, I'm 82. I'm not driving through a snowstorm in March. I just never know what I'm going to get. So thanks for doing the virtual one. So we had all of our presentations uh, virtually, and it was awesome. So we did it again this year, so we're doing both. It's a hybrid. 
And so people who can't speak, who can't come here are speaking, and people who uh, are speaking here can also be virtual, and that's going to allow them uh, to be immortalized for 90 days. So if you come here to the show, and you can only see one speaker an hour, right? But you can see all of them for 90 days after the show. So people are coming here and getting a ticket, and then they're buying a virtual one so they can see the ones they didn't get to see. So, uh, you know, COVID taught us a lot and we made a lot of adjustments to our business, but some of them were good ideas even after COVID, you know, sidewalk pickup and, you know, appointments for, for personal shopping and all that stuff. We still do it. And people will still be able to purchase that virtual ticket after the show. Yep. Yep. Right. Up to 90 days after the show. Excellent. All right. So check out Canoe Copia Virtual. And uh, if you're not here already, then check out Canoe Copia Live in future years. It's the second weekend in March, I guess it is? It's usually the second full weekend in March. So it, it'll go like 11, 13 this year. Next year will be 10 to 12. And then it'll jump back until we hit, I think, 6 to 8. And then we jump forward a week. All and, right. Uh, yeah. That's how we do it. Fantastic. Darren, thank you very much. We appreciate uh, you, you and the team putting on Canoe Copia. Always one of my favorite weekends of every year, and uh, we'll look forward to seeing you again soon. Yeah, mine too. Thank you. You're welcome. All right, my next guest is Stig Larson. Stig is the co-founder of Level 6 and a previous guest on Paddling the Blue back in episode number 25. So check out that episode to hear his story and about the founding of Level 6. It's definitely a fun story. Stig, thank you to you and the Level 6 team for your support of Paddling the Blue. Uh, you've been a great partner for us in helping out with some contests we've got going on, one that we have going on right now, so a little bit more on that later in the episode. Um, Stig, you've got a strong focus on sustainability, so tell us what's happening from that standpoint with Level 6. Oh, it's great to be back here again. Um, the you know, I think years and years ago, we always knew that we had to ensure that we were giving back and protecting the very water that we enjoy paddling on. So we started 1% for watershed conservation, and what that basically means that 1% of all of our direct sales, we donate to watershed conservation. So like the Auto River Keepers has been a big recipient of that, that kind of money, and also like Project Canoe, and, and um, different, different initiatives that we find around the world that we kind of contribute to based on the need at the moment, or I guess the demand at the moment. That's been a really solid one for us. Um, we've also, as we, we realize as we've grown, we wanted to ensure that we continue to have diversity in the outdoors. And so with that, we, we support a lot, of, a lot of different paddling clubs and communities, uh, most notably the Hudson River Riders, which I think you had uh, on, one of your, on one of your podcasts. Yep, yeah, Chef Dixon was on here. That was great. Yeah, he was, he was really good. Um, so he's one of our, one of our I would say, strong, strong ambassadors down that area. And so that, what that does, like we, we, can, we do different promotions and different um, raffles to raise money. I think we raised over fifteen or $20,000 last year, which we, which we, they turn back and they give that money to, you know, youth and youth people and adults who are in disadvantaged communities and they get them involved in paddle sports. So it's great for us because we get to um, get more people involved in the sports that we love. So that's kind of our social, I mean, we have quite a few other ones like Project Canoe, um, which we, we started working with, um, getting people to go outside and enjoy the outdoors as, as kind of a stress relief and kind of get them to, you know, rebalance their lives. Um, as far as our garments and our, you know, production, which is probably what most people know level six for when you go to a retailer, you wonder, you know, what are, you know, what are we doing or what are we seeing? We made a really conscious effort a couple years ago to try to eliminate all of our waste and packaging. So to date, I mean, we, you know, the amount of, amount of waste in the garment industry, especially fast fashion, is quite staggering. So we wanted to make sure that we were not part of that problem. 
So we got rid of all the plastic poly bags in all of our packaging. Um, I think it's 50 to 100,000 bags a year that we're saving. Uh, we, the items that require bags, we've gone to biodegradable bags. Um, and the required bags, I say that because some of these garments are so expensive that you really can't roll them or package them in techniques that we do in our casual line by using ends of scraps of fabrics or biodegradable twine in order to roll them like a burrito. We call them burrito rolling in the industry. So we still have to use some kind of packaging for that. And then some of our really high-end items like our dry suits, we've gotten rid of both of those biodegradable and poly bag packaging. We put them in these 100% recycled cardboard boxes. And that also allows us to eliminate the hang tags and all that literature that goes along with some of these technical pieces. So we're, we're actually using less uh, paper. And it packages nicer and it's a lot easier to maintain that kind of professional look at the retail level without actually causing any uh, larger environmental footprint. And then, so what we knew for us this year, the big one is our recycled fabric program. This fall is our 25th anniversary of Level 6 and we are doing a big launch with a blackout series which is our, all of our high-end three-ply fabric is going to 100% recycled black. Uh, and the reason why we chose black is because, you know, the more vibrant the color, you know, the more environmental impact it has with the dyes and stuff to create that rich color. So we've gone with more of a, a neutral color on this as our launch. And along with that, with all of our men's, women's uh, swimwear, we use reprieve fabric now, which is um, nylon yarn made from fishing nets. So it's you know, brought back from fishermen ground down, recycled, respun into new yarn, um, and then we can use that to create our, our Lycra line for our men's and women's you know, rash tops or somewhere. And then the next big one is our board shorts. It's 100% recycled polyester now, so every single casual item that we make now is 100% recycled. That's always a big push for us. We were a bit leery during you know, the you know, COVID times that you know, we started switching a lot of these fabrics to recycle. Of course, there's an increased cost in a lot of this, and so we were leery that we were going to be pricing ourselves out of the market. But when we went to show the dealers the, our concept and our line and our direction, you know, they were 100% behind us. And we actually noticed that our, our bookings and our sales increased substantially because we were, we were really committing to an a initiative and a, and a plan that they were, they were also backing. That's fantastic. That's, that's a, a really quite a bold move and, and great step. Yeah, it was, it was different when I saw... When I saw what our new wholesale and retail pricing was going to come out, I was, I was certainly a bit leery, but you know, we were committed to it. And you, when it's, I think to be sustainable and um, responsible, you know, socially and environmentally, it's not, you can't really go halfway. It's not, it's not one foot in, one foot out. So if you're going to do it, you have to really do it and almost sink or swim by your, by your decision. And luckily, all of our, uh, our customer base, they, they believed in us and they supported what we were doing. And... We came out with a, with a happy story, which is great, because now we're not only a better, stronger company because of it, but we're also doing what we should be, all companies should be doing. Well, congratulations, and thank you for doing that. And by the looks of the, uh, the numbers of the people here in the Level 6 booth right now, looking at product and such, um, I'd say that it's all working for you. So. Yes, definitely, there's, some, there's a great reception here. And I think, you know, Canucopia is so incredible because, you know, there's a lot of people who are, um, you know, get, you get stuck in your office, in your own little world, designing and creating and selling, and it's rare you get to talk to the end consumer, but the show is incredible for that because you can you get to meet someone who's been using your product for 10 years or they have a suggestion and you know not all suggestions are, are bad. Like, you know, I've gotten great ideas from the show and gone back and redesigned something and it's come back two years later. And if you happen to see a lifetime level sixer here and they come back and they talk about it, and I, if I remember that they were the initiative why I did, redid that redesign, I bring it up saying, hey, you know, this is because of you. This is because of your, your feedback. So speaking of products, um, any, any new cool products that you're showing off here today? 
Yeah, I think our, our big one for us is our new layering pieces, like the Romulus and Andromeda. We really worked hard to get to um, a, a nicer, a nicer recycled polyester fabric for our layering pieces, and so we we launched those this year at Canucopia. Uh, and also our Vulcan Vesta work, which were kind of launched last summer, but a lot of people didn't see them because because of COVID. Um, so they're here as well. So our, our thermal layering line is for sure a big portion of it. That's brand new. Most of the other stuff is is on its way, has with supply chain uh, <laughs> issues, uh, as you can imagine. A lot of the recycled stuff is is should be at you know should be at Rutabaga in the next couple of weeks, and you'll see it you know popping up at all the retailers around the world that we sell to. But yeah, that was. That was the other thing that was very interesting as we started doing, you know, as you, as you go to very specific fabrics, you know, your ability to source those fabrics is a lot harder because there's only a few mills that are, that have the capability of making this stuff. So once you're doing that, you're, you're in the queue with everybody else and your lead times, you know, go out a bit longer. And so you, you have to sacrifice a bit of your uh, ability to deliver exactly when you promised in the name of trying to make sure you're a better company overall sustainably. All right. So the names of your products, how do you come up with the names? Uh, it's, it's, it's funny. When my, we first started when you know, I was 24 years old, we were like the hero and the Fonz and the Mac. And, <laughs> and these, like, we just kind of made up these funny names. And, and there, was nearly, there was no rhyme or reason to it. And I think as we've matured as a company, we kind of realized, okay, we need, we're, we're no longer you know, two people or three people selling stuff on the back of their car. Like, we need to you know, somewhat be a bit more professional. Like, I wouldn't say we're... We're professional naming our names now. We really kind of go after where would this product be used? You know, is this product a, you know, is it a touring jacket? Okay, what are some really famous touring bays or areas around the world? Then we kind of choose that. Like our Odin and Freya, you know, I'm from Sweden. My background's from Sweden. And you know, we're really growing in Europe. And Norway is a huge, huge market for us. So the Odin and Freya, you know, Norse gods, the water, it really made sense. Um, so we kind of continue that line in our really high-end dry suits. And then if it's a thermal piece, we kind of go with, you know, like warm things like, a, you know, Andromeda and Romulus, like stars and, you know, Vesta and Vulcan. Like it's, it's, it's a bit all over the place for sure, but we try to have a theory behind why we do it. Well, one of my previous guests, uh, Joachim Larson. Okay. Um, he, uh, he was paddling a boat that was named Emir. Okay. And he said that he, when he found out that you had the Odin dry suit, he's like, well, I have to, I have to bring Odin and Emir together. Yes. So he, uh, he paddled the, the length of of uh, Norway, north, and yep. then turned around and did it again south. Yes, I think we were in touch together, and he was sending me some pictures and blog posts, and it was, it was crazy, yeah. crazy stuff. But yeah, fun. Yeah. So where can listeners find out more about the Level Six sustainability story and your products? Well, I mean, level6.com or .ca or .eu. All those will take you to the proper area located where we are, wherever we are in the world. And in the about us section, there's a whole discussion on our sustainability and what we're doing and what we're working towards and. You'll also start seeing some things that, you know, that we're also working on currently that no one else knows about. We have kind of an insider program. And one of those that just launched last week was that we are, we are full cradle to grave right now with our repair facility. We have a full repair facility with factory finish seam tape machine. So if you bring a garment back to us that has you know, started degrading or needs a bit of extra love and attention, send that back to us. We can, we can fix that for you and you won't even be able to tell that it was ever ever damaged in the first place. And that's something that we really committed to years and years ago. And I'm just really proud now that we can, we can do it to the point where the customer can't tell that it was actually ever repaired. That's great. Well, you, you heard it here first, folks. Uh, level 6 inside information there and their cradle-to-grave repair, uh, repair system. So 
Before you go, thanks again to Level 6 for your support on our anniversary contest. Thanks for the opportunity to record from your booth here. We appreciate it. Um, we have been giving away $50 gift cards for the last uh, couple episodes, and the winner from episode number 55 with Graham Macarith was Suprio Bhattacharya. I, I, hopefully I, I pronounced that name right. Uh, but Suprio, we will definitely be in touch with you to get that $50 gift card courtesy of our friends at Level 6. Thanks again, Stig. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. Yep. Our next guest is Jeremy Vore, and Jeremy is one of those people who can do just about anything. Fly a plane? Check. Fix a diesel engine on a, on a giant motorhome? Done it. Win the MR340 race? Absolutely, he's done that as well. Successful owner of multiple businesses, of course, and today he's with us representing Red Leaf Design. So Jeremy, tell us who Red Leaf Designs is and what you do. I would love to, John. Thank you so much for having me. Um, so Red Leaf Designs is a small family business and we basically make canoe and kayak transport and storage covers, which is a strange niche to be in, but it's one that apparently is needed and uh, we're really lucky to have a true family business where I get to sew with my wife and my kids and do some paddling on the side and it's been a really fortunate lucky experience. So everybody is truly involved in the business from the family, right? Yep, absolutely. Uh, my wife does most of the sewing of our standard covers. I do more of the prototypey and one-off things. My kids do a lot of the shop cleaning. Uh, they keep the machines you know, maintained. And my oldest son, Hale, does all of the cording and packaging. That's so awesome. Yeah, truly family. All right. So how did you decide to get into making boat covers? Um, I have always been trying to find a way to make at least part of my living from paddling. Uh, I started out working for Great Lakes, uh, or sorry, the Great River Outfitters uh, in Waterford, Michigan, with Stan and Emma Klodek in the 90s. And ever since then, I've been an instructor. I've repped for other companies. I've done boat repair. But none of those were family things, right? And so we happened to have bought a couple of covers from Sue Audette. She was the original bag lady, and that was uh, about three or four years ago. We used her covers on her own boat. She'd been doing it for 40-some years, and she was ready to retire, and she sold her product line to us. And so it was sort of a fortuitous, lucky thing. It turned out to be the perfect combination. All right. So what was it about that particular product line that was really important to you? Um, it was something, you know, when you spend five or $6,000 on a carbon or a Kevlar boat, you really want to make sure it's protected, you know, especially if it's stored outside. Sunlight is the ultimate killer of those boats. Uh, when I was doing boat repair, I saw a lot of people bring in Kevlar boats and say, I need this fixed. And you look at how blown out that Kevlar is. You see how crispy it is. It no longer does what Kevlar is supposed to do. You know, the epoxy and the resin would be damaged on the boat. And so, I mean, there was a clear need for protecting boats. Uh, Sue had a very small word of mouth business. She couldn't place orders online. She, everything had to be paid with a check. So we took her product line and have tried to expand that have a more fully functional website and it's turned out to be be a good thing for us so uh, I, I guess you ask you ask what made us passionate about that it's yeah. it's something in the paddle world that lets us contribute to people's continued enjoyment and it's a it's a real pleasure to do so give us a little rundown of some of the products sure um, the original bag lady canoe cover is the one that spans the 42 year history of uh, Sue Audette doing what she did and it's basically a, a stretch fabric that fits like a driving glove and it's made specifically for canoes not for kayaks it has a draw cord closure with some bungee cords and it, it's made to store a boat when it's upside down and that's been a fantastic uh, product it's what the standard you know it sets the standard for the marathon racers and the long distance racers and that's really what we bought from sue and the the big thing is she sold us all of these patterns okay and so we can take an order and build a perfectly fit cover for that specific canoe without actually having to have the canoe in our shop so that's one of the the neat differentiators about us it's a it's a driving glove like fit and we can just do it from a pattern brilliant. And we've expanded our product line. So in addition to the original Bag Lady canoe cover, we now 
have a canoe coat, which is just for storage, but it's made out of umbrella fabric, so it'll last at least 10 years just for storage, not for transportation because of the way it closes. Uh, but we've added that to the product line. We've expanded our kayak product line for kayak surf skis and OC1s and OC2s. Um, and that's a full zippered sunbrella fabric. So we do those types of covers as well. Uh, we actually do spray decks for open canoes also, both solos and tandems. And we have a number of different attachment styles and fabrics that we can use there. But those can be used for whitewater, for you know, expeditions, that type of thing. And we're slowly expanding the product line, but. Yeah, there's a lot more to come. Still trying to figure out exactly how to prototype some things and what works and what doesn't. We have a lot of beta testing going on, but that's our core product line are those uh, storage and transport covers. So in terms, you mentioned the uh, the transport covers, those are the, the stretch glove kind of fit and those will fit just about any boat. Uh, well, they'll we can make them to fit any boat, Okay. but it's not like you can buy one and then it fits everything. All right, so uh, tell us about how, what's that process like in terms of you know, sure. you've got an odd boat that maybe is not something in your catalog, how would you fit that? That's a great question, I'm glad you asked. <laughs> Uh, so we'll send you a measurement packet. We have a very detailed measurement packet with detailed instructions that explain what you need to do to measure your boat. It takes about 20 minutes for a person to set the boat up, get out the tools, measure the boat, write it all down, send the packet back to us. Um, so it's not like it takes you hours, but there is a small investment from the owner. And once they send us those measurements, we can generally make a perfect custom fit pattern for it. Sometimes uh, we can recognize, hey, these measurements look a little bit more challenging than what we expected. And we know there may be some extra darts or some extra fabric that needs to be added or subtracted here or there. Um, in that case, we try to get to the boat in person. If we can't do that, we can always send it to somebody uh, and then give them a return label, have them send it back to us after we've seen a couple of pictures. But I would say that nine out of 10, probably more than that, let's say, uh, let's say 19 out of 20 boats that we pattern off of measurements are a perfect fit right out of the gate. Okay. So um, any, what's, any new products coming up that you're... Uh uh, the, actually, the, the Expedition Spray Decks are really just releasing here, um, which is a really exciting thing. We've been playing with a lot of more modernized portage packs and things like that, but we're not completely convinced that there's a market need for those. People are, are really happy with the portage packs that are already out there, so we're debating on what we want to do there. Uh, we are about to release a product line that has a focus on storage and gear transport. So it would be mesh bags, uh, changing pads that you can stand on so you don't wear through your dry suit booties. Uh, and when you're done changing, you just dump everything right on it. It pulls up with a drawstring, Oops. and it's all waterproof. So we have, have some things like that that we're working on. Uh, we really want to make sure we don't just create churn for ourselves with products mm -hmm. that have a very limited uh, you know, interest base. We want to make sure that we're, we're invested in things that really help the company survive the long term. So um, that, that mesh bag with the storage and the, yeah. the fold-out pad and all that stuff, yep. you went through kind of an interesting uh, customer feedback portion with that. You uh, Facebook, some, some Facebook oh, discussions oh, oh. on that. that Lots drew of Facebook like 100 plus comments on that. Yeah, that's, it's amazing when we put stuff out there. I, so we don't do a lot of marketing, and I, I think of myself as not a big Facebook user, and it's really reassuring and amazing when you do put something out like uh, like that, and you ask for feedback, and you get, I don't know, what was it, like 140 some yeah, comments? Yeah, crazy. All sorts of feedback and great positive uh, responses, and yeah, we take all of that into consideration, because I'm a, I am a pretty uh, specific 
type of paddler. <laughs> I like to do things a certain way. I have, uh, have my processes down pretty tightly, and so I definitely know that I do not represent the average paddler. Uh, and so we need to get feedback from people because if I design something that's perfect for me, it's going to be wrong for probably eight out of ten other people. <laughs> so we do a lot of uh, yeah, a lot of prototyping, a lot of beta testing, and we look for a lot of feedback from, from customers. Yeah. So, what kind of distribution do you have? I mean, if somebody lives in in Norway, can they get? covers from you. You sure can because we have UPS. It's great. Uh, we Everything that we do is through us. We don't have retail outlets. Um, we just don't have the profit margin to you know to allow a wholesale price for, for dealers. So everything's done through us and we've filed all of the appropriate paperwork for exports uh, and we ship around the world. Okay. So, yeah. so where can people learn more about Redleaf Designs? At redleafdesigns.com. So www.redleafdesigns with an S on the end, dot com. Um, and you can also email us at hello at redleafdesigns.com and either my wife or I will get back to you as quickly as we can. Yeah, and we're, we're game for anything that people are interested in. If you want to tell us about a product you'd like us to make, if you have feedback on the products that are already out there, yeah, we want to know. All right. Well, Jeremy, thank you for joining us today. Appreciate learning a little bit about Red Leaf Designs and uh, people check out www.redleafdesigns.com and see what they've got to offer and extend the life of your boat. Absolutely. And enjoy Canucopia. Thank you. So, yeah, thank you. All right, joining us now, uh, my next guest is Chris Hipgrave, and Chris is the U.S. Sales Director for Piranha Kayaks and P&HC Kayaks. And in addition to his role there, Chris is a prolific racer and explorer who says winning medals is, is great. I'm sorry, winning medals is good, racing is better, loving the sport is best. So that's pretty awesome, Chris. Chris, thank you very much for joining me today. Now, you've already been on the other side of the mic, not necessarily sitting across from the table with me, but on the other side of the mic for episode 12 of Paddling the Blues. So I appreciate you joining us for that. And uh, we've also interviewed several other P&H team paddlers. So I know that supply is short right now. Um, it's good to see quite a few boats come out uh, here at the show. You've got a, a good supply here at the show, and it's really great to see these boats walking out the door as well and, and uh, with new happy owners. And you've introduced a few new boats in the last few years. So tell us a little bit about what's the latest from P&H and Piranha Kayaks. Uh, John, thank you. Yeah, well, first of all, it's great to see you actually in person and to, uh, as well as the thousands of other people around us. It's, yeah. it's, it's oddly exciting <laughs> to be around other people. Yeah, we've introduced some really cool new product here recently and it's going really, really well. I think uh, in the P&H side of things, the, the Volan, our composite Volan, has just been crushing it. It's a 16-foot sea kayak. So we've had, the, we've had the medium volume version right out of the gate. It's kinda ha it it, it kind of has the sensibilities of the Cetus with a little bit of attitude when you want to play. That's mm. how I like to describe it. All right. Brilliant little boat. So we had the medium volume out, which we've just renamed the, C uh, the Volan 160. Uh, but we've just released the Volan 158, which is kind of our, our first foray towards a smaller one, fitting smaller, uh, smaller paddlers. And then we're going to have a larger and an even smaller one coming down the road. So uh, eventually there'll be four sizes with the Volan. But that boat's been crushing it for us. It is a great, great addition to the composite family. So what are some of those design differences that make it a little more playful? Yeah, well, the, the, the shorter length obviously helps. It's a solid 18 to 20 inches shorter than a Cetus. A little bit more rocker, a little bit more edge. You can definitely see the, both the Cetus and the Aries influences in that boat, but it definitely leans more towards the Cetus. It's, uh, again, like I said, it's, uh, 
all the sensibilities of the cedars, but w when you want it, when you want a little attitude, when you want to play, it's there, which is kind of cool. Right, but it's so not can... full on like the Aries. All right, so, so you can still still surf in it and, yeah. and have a little bit of play, but you can still tour in it as well. Yeah, it's brilliant. Yeah, I've done a bunch of GPS tests with it, and it's it's almost the same speed as the Cetus too, which is incredible for a boat that's you know, that much shorter. Nice. So it's a brilliant little boat. All right. And then on the plastic end of things, um, the Leo. Uh, was introduced this year and that's been going great. So we introduced the high volume and low volume Leo. That's a 16 foot plastic sea kayak. So it's kind of the uh, the kissing cousin of the Volan uh, as, it, as it's in plastic. That boat's been going super well. A uh, really, really pleasant boat to paddle being 16 feet long and it's uh, it's been flying off the shelf everywhere er, Everywhere we've actually managed to get them. Okay. Were you able to bring any, any of them here? Uh, sadly, we sold them all before the show started. Ah, okay. Great problem to have, eh? <laughs> that it is. Yeah. That it is. Yeah. So you've got a... a uh, actually, how about the, anything on the Piranha side? Yeah, so on the Piranha side, the Scorch is the boat that's uh, really just on fire for us right now. Uh, the Scorch is our River Runner Creek boat style boat. Lots of rocker, lots of edge. It's kind of... It, the concept was to take what uh, the burn, which had been around for a while, and kind of take it to the next level with a lot of modern ideas. And we've done, we've certainly done that. But we also introduced the Scorch X, which is a, a essentially a Scorch medium stretched out to 10 feet with a lot more rocker, a lot more edge, and a lot more attitude. Uh, so the X stands for 10 feet expert. Uh, extreme, whatever you want the X to stand for, and it's brilliant. That's all I'm paddling on white water these days. Okay. It makes me giggle. <laughs> it's super fun. That sounds good. Now you had a special version of the, of the Scorch I, I, uh, I heard of. It's a black uh, composite boat? No, that's a, the 12R. Oh, the 12R. So the, yeah, okay. the 12R is our 12-foot extreme racing white water boat. Yeah, I have a one-off, well, thanks to Graham in England, the owner of Piranha P&H, I have a carbon version which I get to break out at special events. Ah. So, yeah, it's cheating. <laughs> it's cheating. Don't, don't, tell, don't tell my competitors I have that. All right. We won't, we won't let anybody know about that <laughs> one. Um, and you've got a special, special program running right now. Tell us a little bit about that program and how people can get involved. Yeah, so uh, we're obviously all very concerned about the, uh, the crisis in Ukraine right now and just the, the millions of people that are suddenly on the move around the world. And it, it's... it's, it's terrifying at some levels and obviously Europe's being heavily impacted by this we're we're a UK company and while while England has done its best to pretend not to be part of Europe <laughs> we're awfully darn close so we, we feel very impacted by we feel very moved by what's going on so we, we we've we've started a Ukrainian relief uh, program through Piranha PH. so for every dollar we raise the British government is going to match every single dollar and we're doing some Ukrainian colored boats, limited edition boats. Um, those will be given away through a raffle, um, also at some dealers down the road. And we're also, uh, there's some special t-shirts you can buy. And basically we're raising dollars for these Ukrainian refugees to try and do our bit to make the world a slightly better place uh, at this really awkward time. Yeah, so it's, it's, it's great to be able to give back just a little bit. Now, you had a, your company, Peanage and Piranha, had a personal connection there with employees and dealers and then who were personally felt uh, the, the impact of this. Yeah, absolutely. We have, we have um, obviously, dealers all around the world. But, yeah, we have dealers in Eastern Europe, specifically in Ukraine, that have been impacted by this. And, yeah, it's, it's very sad. So how can someone participate in that and, uh, and help out? Yeah, so visit, uh, visit any of Piranha or PNH's social media channels on Facebook or Instagram or go to our websites 
at uh, piranha.com or pnhkayaks.com and uh, you'll find the links to those Ukrainian uh, Ukrainian programs. Okay. And, yeah, and thank you for, for those of you that have participated because the, the response has been overwhelming. So to everyone that has participated, we greatly appreciate it. Thank you. Well, thank you for putting that together and uh, for supporting the community at large. Definitely appreciated. And of course, uh, the websites that you mentioned, uh, piranha.com and, and pnhkayaks.com, people can go and visit those and learn more about the boats as well. That's it. All right. Chris, thank you very much. I appreciate you joining me today. John, it's a pleasure. Thank you. All right. So I was walking through the show floor here, and I came across the team at the BioLite booth. And many of you have seen twig stoves before. Those are the little stoves that you can pack twigs and pine cones into. Well, BioLite has a stove that is pretty unique and has a pretty unique story to match. So joining us today again is Paul Gurton. And uh, Paul, tell us a little bit about the story behind BioLite. So BioLite's about 10 years old. A couple of uh, friends were getting together and they were playing around with this idea of creating a thermoelectric generator that attaches to a biomass stove. As they kind of progressed through this, they learned that there was a lot of applications for this in the um, areas of the world where people were living off-grid by circumstance, uh, not by choice, primarily in parts of Africa and parts of India. So as these two parallel divisions of the company grew up together, they shared the technology and of course we're fortunate enough to benefit from really cool product in the outdoor industry and there's just uh, amazing benefits for the people who are living in these uh, off-grid situations regarding health, clean water, and every stove that they place in these communities that where people are living off-grid it's the equivalent, if you take their uh, stove, the reduction in carbon emissions is about the equivalent of taking one car off the road for a year. Um, obviously, not having that much emissions in your, in your house uh, is amazing health benefits to the people who are living that way. So just one stove, putting one stove out there makes that much of a difference. Yeah, absolutely, they've been a uh, carbon negative company since their inception so they've got a great green story a lot of people are chasing that and this was just built in with their technology and their ideas very cool very cool so what is so special about this little stove how does it operate okay so this is a this has three basic parts to it it has a uh, power module a burn chamber and uh, an airflow system the burn chamber obviously is where you put the biomass and that wood chips pellets pine cones, whatever you want to put in there. Every time you pull into a campsite in the Boundary Waters, you see a pile of axe chippings. Uh, those are perfect fuel for, for this stove. So you can put that in the burn chamber, get the fire going. The uh, fan will kick on. That's part of the uh, airflow system. Uh, once it heats up, the uh, fan will kick on, and uh, that will help burn the biomass more completely. So it creates actually a virtually smokeless stove. So you have less soot on your pots and pans. And uh, the other benefit is that the power module, it, you can pre-charge it beforehand, but it is a uh, thermoelectric energy source. So it'll actually generate energies through something called the Seebeck effect. So basically it has a what we call a tag that sticks out into the burn chamber that collects it, uh, heat from the fire, and then, uh, so that's the hot side. And then inside the power module is the cool side where there's a, um, basically uh, two different types of metal, put them together. And somebody out there will correct me, I'm sure, but I believe it's aluminum and copper. 
And when one side is hot and one side is cool, there's actually an electric current that's formed through there. So we do have three watts of power that are generated and we have a storage battery so you can actually charge your phone, charge a light, uh, run a light off of it as you're burning. The uh, power module also has battery built into it. You get about uh, two complete charges of a cell phone off of that battery. It's really nice to come with that fully charged ahead of time. Um, you can charge it off of a USB and then you can use that to charge devices as you go. And even if you drain that charge completely, it'll generate enough electricity to power the fan, get your cleaner burning, and then power whatever device that needs charging. So I was wondering what kind of voodoo is in this thing that makes it convert heat from twigs into electricity. So you, you kind of explained some of it there with the hot and cool. That's interesting. I would have never, never even imagined that something like that was possible. Yeah, it's uh, pretty interesting how, and way beyond my pay grade how that works, <laughs> but uh, it's it's a very cool uh, technology and it has uh, great applications for us recreationally and for people living off-grid. So we, we talked about this stove, but I hadn't mentioned the name. So this is the Camp Stove 2 Plus, is that Correct. right? Correct, yeah. Okay, all right, so what, what, what's the size on this Camp Stove? Is this something that people are actually gonna carry with them in a, on a trip or in a boat, or is this just something too big? Absolutely. For a backpacking trip, most backpackers would find this pretty heavy. It's over two pounds. But for a boating trip, it's absolutely right on the size and the dimensions. It's very packable for a canoe or a kayak. The thing I really like about it is that once you go past a few days out there, not only can you eliminate the need to bring an alternative power source or, or power pack, but you don't need to have be carrying around a bunch of empty fuel bottles either. So you do save on both sides for your weight savings. Once you get past a certain point uh, in the trip, it, all of a sudden the weight becomes very efficient. Yeah, that's a good point about the extra fuel canisters is that you're not, you're not wasting those fuel canisters, but you're also not carrying that stuff around with you. I mean, you get all that waste from it afterwards. What do you do with it? Yeah, exactly. One of the things that you'd mentioned was, oh, well, we were talking about the size. Let me go back to that here for a second. So what, uh, give, us, give us some dimensions, right, it's about, roughly. It's about three and a half inches across and about eight inches tall. When you set it up, it has a three feet that fold out. So the cooking height would be about 10 inches uh, tall, just roughly. Okay. And it's got little uh, kind of a lip on top where you can set a pot on top of it? Yeah, you can use, uh, we do have a kettle that goes with it. We also have a grill accessory that'll go with it. But for your just basic needs as far as heating water, uh, cooking on a frying pan, any pot will, with a flat bottom will fit on there. Okay. And now one thing that kind of turns people away sometimes from wood stoves is the mess of mess on your pots and pans. And you alluded to it a little bit, but how do you avoid that with the Camp Stove 2 Plus? Well, because it's adding oxygen to the fire and it's burning cleaner, you have much less of that. I won't say that it's completely clean or it's clean. It's far cleaner than old white gas. I'll say that much for yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, of course, you can uh, just wipe it down. And, and it comes with a nice carry stack. So uh, when you're done with it, it'll slip in and you don't have to worry about that getting on your other gear. Well, excellent. Where can people learn more about the uh, the BioLite Camp Stove 2 Plus and the other products in BioLite? Sure. Uh, go to BioLite Energy, and there they'll have a great uh, selection of videos and all of the other the charge and the stove and the lighting products that they offer. All right. And, of course, you can get it here at Canucopia and, and get it at Rutabaga as well. Yeah, we love it. Excellent. All right. Well, Paul, thank you very much for, for joining me today. Thanks for giving us a little bit of background on the Camp Stove 2 Plus. Um, one of the, just one of the unique little, uh, little devices that I've seen around the show here, and this is probably one of the most unique. So thank you. Yeah, thanks for having me. Yep.
Well, a big thank you to all of our guests for joining us today. I hope you've enjoyed today's episode. If you are in the U.S., and even if you're not, I hope one day you'll get a chance to come out and experience the joy that is Canucopia. Now, at the beginning of today's episode, I mentioned our two-year anniversary, sponsored by our friends at Level 6. So today's question is one that you've heard before if you are a regular listener. So here we go. Today's question, who would you like to hear as a future guest on Paddling the Blue? So again, that question, who would you like to hear as a future guest on Paddling the Blue. More than one referral is appreciated, so if you've got lots, go ahead and send those to me as well. For those who haven't heard all the episodes, feel free to go back through our back catalog at www.paddlingtheblue.com to make sure that the guest you're referring hasn't already been on the show. And when you've got your answer, visit www.paddlingtheblue.com, go to this episode's page, and get your answer in by Wednesday, March 23rd, 2022, and I will announce the winner of the final $50 gift card from our friends on Level 6, or at Level 6, on episode number 57. As I mentioned earlier, our next episode is going to feature Goodney Paul Victorson sharing his circumnavigation of his home country, Iceland. It's a great story with some pretty harrowing moments, so make sure you tune in for that one as well. I appreciate you joining me today as always, and thank you for joining Paddling the Blue. Thank you for listening to Paddling the Blue. You can subscribe to Paddling the Blue on Apple Music, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you find your favorite podcasts. Please take the time to leave us a five-star review on Apple Music. We truly appreciate the support. And you can find the show notes for this episode and other episodes, along with replays of past episodes, contact information, and more at paddlingtheblue.com. Until next time, I hope you get out and paddle the blue.